Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the movie calendar. My name is Lee. And my name is Terrence. And as you heard at the front of this episode, this week we're going to be talking about Rob Rayner's amazing film, The Princess Bride. We toyed with what quote to put at the beginning of the title sequence for the episode. And look, the obvious answer is obviously the correct one in this case. You have to go with that line. It is iconic for a reason. So we had to do it. It was just too good. I'm a little bit saddened by the fact that I can't do that quote as well as Mandy Patinkin. It took all of my energies to not introduce myself with hello and that line. But it will probably drop sometime during this episode. I apologize. I'm sure Accents, it will. Not my strong point. <laughs> and but look, it has you know to what? Be done. <laughs> you know what, Terence? You are in very good company because there is nobody <laughs> else on the planet who can say that line as good as Mandy Patinkin <sighs> does. No. So satisfyingly again and again and again as well. Yeah, yeah, it's so sorry. it's so great, and yeah, we're going to be talking about that line as well as all kinds of other amazing things in this film uh, as the episode goes on. Uh, if you're new here, welcome! It's so good to have you. We've got time codes in the description below if you feel like jumping around uh, to your favourite part. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, they're very easy to click on. Otherwise, they'll be in the description. Uh, if you're listening on your favourite audio uh, app of choice, uh, we're going to jump into. So this week we're gonna we're breaking the structure up into oh didn't even plan that we're gonna talk about the structure of the film a little bit right at the top, uh, then go into characters, world building, and then writing where we're really gonna take a bit of a dive more into the structure there uh, before we move straight into our what about whens and I haven't told Terence this but in between what about whens and characters I've inserted a section in this week's episode called quotes. Uh, because this film is so infinitely quotable, I had to do it. You can see the excitement on Terence's face. <laughs> and that's why I didn't tell you beforehand. I wanted to get that live camera reaction. Uh, so I apologize, cool. uh, Terence, for that. But uh, I had to. I had to capture it. Terence loves bringing quotes into the into the episodes, and I thought with a film like this, uh, it deserves its own section. So you're in Such between. A bugger. Our- yeah, in between our what about whens and the movie calendar placement, uh, will be a few uh, a few choice quotes from the movie. You, just before we started recording, I said to Lee, hey, let's do a section called quotes. And he just so quietly was like, you know what? We'll be talking about them through the whole thing anyway. Don't worry about it. Oh, yep. that's like the whole, I got Deflection. this for you for Christmas. You don't want to get that. No, no, you don't want to get that model. I got it for him for Christmas. That was a good surprise. Cool. Um, All right, let's. I'm very, very glad that you enjoyed it, and you don't. You're not going to sort of. Maybe when the camera goes off, you might have a go at me for it, but that's okay. People don't need to see that. People don't need to see that little fight that we had. We didn't have a fight. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see what you have got to say about this film. This is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, It is just such a beautiful film to put on. This is one that I can watch with the family. It's one that I can put on in the background. It's one that no matter where it's at, I just hear the score of where it is and I know exactly what line is going to come next. I can't quote the line, but I know when it's coming. I anticipate it and it's, I run to the, I run to the screen when I know something that is going to be cool is coming up so that I can see it. And then I go back to my normal things that are happening. So I love this. This gets played many times in my household. Um, so I'm very happy to see it on the calendar and uh, happy for other people to see it as well. I've got to say, I was asking people at, at, at work today, hey, have you seen this? Have you seen this? And a lot of people had seen it, but 
look, this is this is something that's gained cult status through the years, and not everyone Massive. loves it, which shocked me. Most people did. Most people did. I think <laughs> those people, another, oh, those people who are uh, who aren't in the. I don't who are in the I don't love it camp need to give it a rewatch because this movie is an absolute darling of a film. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Um, for those of you who are regulars here for the movie calendar, um, uh, I, I you kind of know that I'm the kind of one that's like, oh, like I think we should do these movies, and maybe it's if Terence hasn't even seen it yet by the time we announce it, and then he watches it, and then we talk about it. This one is the chairs have switched. So this, as Terence just said, is one of his most favourite films. But myself, I'd had only seen this movie once before this week and that once was probably 12 years ago uh so Mm. a long time ago yeah 10 to 12 years ago um so it was i knew it was a classic and i did really enjoy it back then uh but yeah getting to rewatch it again this week as a almost as a different person now uh i can really respect it for what it is it's just so gorgeous and i've watched it Mm. three times this last week and done a deep dive on sort of how it was made and uh, and 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 everything to do with it as much as I could. I know that this film has a fervent uh, fan base, so we can only hope if you're here checking us out because of that reason that we do it justice for you. Um, if there's anything that we miss, please feel free to leave them in the comments below. If you're on YouTube or tweet at us uh, or mention it on Instagram, we are at the Movie Cal everywhere. Or you can send us an email, the Movie Calendar dot. Wait, the Movie Calendar at g the Movie Cal at gmail dot com. It's on the screen. <laughs> I always mess the email up. But that's all right. A little we bit excited. might get a new email one day. I don't know. <laughs> I like the movie <laughs> calagmail.com. As much as I don't get it right every week, it's fine. It's all in the description below as well as our website too that you can check out. Oh, and uh, there are going to be huge spoilers. Oh, it's massive a, spoilers again. This was made you- in 87. You know, if you haven't yeah. seen this, do yourself a favor, go watch it or just listen to this. It's going to be a lot of fun reliving all of this and you, it might just inspire you to go watch it after you listen to the episode anyway. But uh, yes, yeah. big spoilers. And we speak about it as if you've seen the film as well. So Always. take that into account. Well, I've also, I haven't written one down. I'll give you a brief synopsis if you're still listening to us um, to see if you want to go and check it out. I haven't written it down, but essentially... Uh, It tells the story of a grandfather who is visiting his grandson who is at home ill and he tells him the story that is The Princess Bride, which is all about a farm boy turned pirate who has to fight his way back to his true love. Uh, And that is all you kind of really need to know. It's got amazing characters. It's full of brilliant humor. Uh, and a, and a gorgeous cast. world, amazing cast, and just every aspect of the film is just near perfect, but we're going to dive into that very soon. So, without mm. any further ado, we've got The Princess Bride, directed by the great Rob Rayner, uh, who you might know from A Few Good Men, When Harry Met Sally, and one of Terence's favourite films, This Is Spinal Tap, uh, as well as a whole bunch of others, starring Carrie Elways, Robin Wright, Mandy Patinkin, Chris Sarandon, Wallace Shawn, uh, Fred Savage, Andre the Giant, and Peter Falk, as well as cameos from a whole bunch of amazing people mm. uh, and, and other actors that if we can't mention the whole list, but those are the ones that that uh, stand out the most for me. Written by William Goldman uh, and the director of photography, I wanted to give a shout out because this movie is just looks stunning, uh, is Adrian Biddle. Mm. It's, it's got to be hard to do a, a fantasy world, especially in an in an era where a lot of it has to be physical art and models. So, you know, to pull off the, the, the composites in those massive scenes, you know, the, the cliffs and the, the ships 
coming around in the in the sunset that just you know you can tell it's in some sort of bathtub with foam rocks or something i don't know but they they did such a good job they did, they did really well just to just to put you in this world yeah well i think and the first thing that we're going to touch on very quickly uh is structure and they do they have like such a clever idea here with the structure of having it being a story within a story so having the grandfather come and visit the grandson in in modern times so in present day which would have been 1987 mm. at the time uh and giving him a book and said my father read this book to me when i was sick i read it to your father and now i'm gonna read it to you and then watching the film play out as it's being told as a story from grandfather to grandson just lends itself to such incredible creative license and mm. they can get away with things that that um, that you might not be able to if it was just a straight up fantasy movie if you didn't have that element you'd be like oh maybe these these costumes will look a little bit too lavish and over the top or oh that like why is there you know a, a giant and why are all these people so good with sword play but it's like, like it's it's a story it's a fake story so you yeah. can get away with so much more and and they use it completely to their advantage and i think it's just excellent writing which i'll we'll talk about writing uh in a, in a little bit as well but i just wanted to touch on that mm. structure quickly because it's just so clever yeah it allows them to do so much more and to be all that more in the in the world of fantasy just that reminding the audience that they're reading a fictional book here it's good just bringing them back to reality every now and then with fred savage's little what is this a kissing book yeah (laughs) having having his character like constantly going back to his character as he gets more and more invested in the story is just such a clever psychological Mm. trick because he's the audience's eyes so he's us so when he gets tense when you know the the screeching eels are, are coming for buttercup you know and then it cuts back to him in the in the bed and you continuously come back to him as he as he becomes more and more invested and starts no that's not how it goes she can't marry humperdink <laughs> just you read it wrong like, you get you get far more invested because he's getting more invested and it's such a yeah such a really clever little um tool to use uh for a film uh which i hadn't really seen before and and it's it's marvelous yeah i can't remember any uh, top of my head, I can't remember films where I've seen that happen either. I mean, Bedtime Deadpool stories. Deadpool two does it, <laughs> which, no, which there's that, a yeah. there's a there's like a G rated or a PG rated cut of Deadpool two where he tells the story of Deadpool two to Fred Savage. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's in it's this quite, same it's vein. Yeah, yeah. So he's like he oh, kid good. he kidnaps him and like ties him to the bed and tells the story of Deadpool two. Are it's, you kidding? It's great. Yeah. As if it's a principle. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. I like. Actually, very, very at the good. moment, there are a lot of. I don't even know if they're parodies, but a lot of actors are getting in and making these mini Princess Bride scenes. Have you seen those? They are. Yeah, it's so oh, cute. Doing those. it for a, a a charity. There's a. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the world. Oh, it's a cooking. I think they're feeding the homeless. It's a cooking charity. I, I don't yeah. really have it on the top of my head, but it's it's gorgeous. I think my favorite one that I've seen is Paul Rudd. If you haven't seen Paul Rudd's. Uh, look his up he did a recreation of the scene where wesley is in in bed and and he can't stand up and he's threatening uh <laughs> yeah and it's just it's marvelous he's so good or jack there's one done with jack black where he's climbing up the cliffs and uh, they're good so they're all on they're all on imdb they're actually credited as imdb um films i didn't realize so yeah go find them there or on the yep. youtubes yeah. yeah they were made for the the failing streaming service that's called quibi 
Oops. Yep. Maybe we should go on that um, server and help them out a little bit with our I, viewership. I do not. I do not have a, a subscription to, to Quibi. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we should jump straight into the characters now because Let's there go. are so many great and amazing characters in this film. Uh, is there anyone mm -hmm. in particular that you would like to start with? Well, let's just go. Why don't we start with Wesley? Wesley himself, the Dread Pirate mm -hmm. Roberts, the man Why in black. Not? Wesley, farm boy. Farm boy, yes. Uh, performed incredibly by the marvellous Carrie Elways. Uh, mm -hmm. He is just so wonderful in this role. Like, I could not see anyone else do this. It's He's part sort of Errol Flynn, uh, who was you know, Robin Hood. And uh, it's... He just exudes confidence and he's just handsome and charming and intelligent and competent uh, mm -hmm. and can fight and has a, like a deep-seated love that drives him. And it's all in his performance. Um, mm. Yeah, cannot speak more highly of, of just the character and how well it's written and also, yeah, the, the actor portraying well as well. Portrayed. He, I mean, there's one word that I use to, to epitomize his portrayal of this character and that's intense. He, I struggled to find a scene where he actually blinks. Like he always has this intensity about him with every line that he delivers, especially to yep. Buttercup. Um, but you know, the scene where he is in the bed and he can't move, he, he doesn't blink at all. Yeah. I've, I saw one blink and that was at the beginning when he's, when he's talking to Buttercup and he's about to leave and he says something like, you know, I'll always come back to you because it's true love. Like in that moment where they're very close and it's a close up shot, he does blink. But I, I don't know. I wasn't looking all the way through, to be honest. But that's something that just grabbed me. I thought, what is it that makes every one of these scenes of his so gripping? And I think that's, that's definitely an acting technique. And it might have been directed. We spoke about that with, uh, what was it, with Scott Pilgrim versus the world? How yeah, I was they were about directed to say he, he to would blink. have felt right at home if, with uh, Edgar Wright and Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> yeah. But I thought that was, um, that was really, um, I, I think that would have been a conscious decision because I've seen interviews with him and he doesn't just have a robotic set of eyes. You know, they do have fluid on them and they do need to have some sort of wetness to you know allow the senses to work so you know he he, he so got into his character and you're right so yeah. smart and and everything he's just so good at everything yeah and, i think um and his dream you, you got the you got the word absolutely right um intense he has an intensity to him that that mm. is just yeah it just he he exudes confidence and charisma and it, it comes through the screen and you, every time he's there you can't help but have your eyes on him and yeah he's he's not bad to look at either he's a gorgeous gorgeous man um, i really love <laughs> reminds that, me of a young me <laughs> well he reminds me of a young me. I'm, I'm glad that I'm me. glad that you can see yourself in in this character and I this do. performance. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's a that's a good good way to see yourself. I'm on I'm on board with that. I He's wish I had that kind of confidence. <laughs> very noble. His character is is one of of nobility and of trust and of um, of love. He's just what's that word? I don't know. You've ever, everything that I just said, yeah, it's 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 great. I really like that he put in a a really good physical performance as well. So all mm. of the sword combat, he trained for months and months to make sure that it looked as as incredible as it could. Both he and Mandy Patinkin are uh, mm. trained together. Um, 
which I'm, I'm absolutely sure we'll talk about the scene where they had a deal uh, a little bit later in our what about mm-hmm. when. Yes, we will. Uh, but yeah, and then also just the chemistry that he has with the character that we might talk about next, uh, and that is uh, Buttercup, played by the wonderful Robin Wright. And as it says in the credits, introducing Robin Wright. I didn't realize that this was her first film. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. I completely fell in love with her this week watching this movie. She is just not only a well-written character, especially for the time, a well-written female character, but yeah, again, another performance that is just, she's so fierce and strong and again, capable and smart and so full of love and passion and just has onus over what she wants and what she believes in and will just follow it to the bitter end. And it's just, again, so lovely to see a character written like this. Yeah, and that they're just destined to be together, and they know that they're meant to get to be together, and they're not. I'm, you know, there would have been, there would have been temptation along the way for both of them, and you just know that it never would have, it never would have gotten in their way for their quest to continue to find each other. You just know, yeah. All of all of um, Wesley's years of being the Dread Pirate Roberts. You know, I wonder, I sometimes think, what what on earth was he doing? Was he lost? Was he just trying to get his way back around to, to come to Florin? Uh, but, you know, there's there's no doubt that um, that the two of them had this fire burning for each other. Yeah. Um, and it just, yeah, you, it just comes to light whenever they see each other, whenever they look into get each it, other's eyes. You get it so early on with just that establishing scene of them on the farm. And then when he leaves... And you hear the the, the grandpa's uh, narration over the top being like, and his ship was lost. He never came back. Mm. Uh, he was killed by the dread pirate Roberts. And then just her her performance of her sitting in the chair and just saying, I'll never love again. Never it's love just, again. it's so true. You can see it. You can feel her heart ripped in half in that moment. It's such an incredible performance. Um, so, yeah. I love I love Buttercup uh, and and everything that she represents in the film. Mm. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Okay, uh, all I know is like House of Cards that that she's in now. I don't, I couldn't even place. I should just scroll through the web and have a look at what she's in. But I just look at her now in the character she portrays. I haven't seen that, but in the stills, she's such a hardened um, yep. <laughs> character. <laughs> if you want to and, see an intense performance. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, she's oh, no. great. She also plays uh, Wonder Woman's mother, I think, or at least the oh, matriarch really? in the film Wonder Woman. Yeah, okay. which is yeah, another another great performance. <sighs> um, I love I love her chemistry with Carrie Elways. They just they're so strong together on screen. There's like a genuine love and affection there. I was doing a little bit of reading, and uh, in my research, I found that they were just inseparable and smitten with each other Aww. when from the moment they met to right until the end of filming in fact the last shot that they filmed was the kiss at the end on the horse yeah and they just kept finding excuses to film it over and over Ooh. and over oh this take didn't work let's uh, try it again oh i messed this up oh, let's go again him. apparently both and both of them in equal measure were, were doing it uh, and it's just it's nice to it's nice to hear stories like this of, of people having a good time on set and really enjoying their yeah. time together and and it feels like from the the little research that I've done in this last week that that happened with a, a lot of the characters and, and performers on set. That is really cool. I talk about that in other episodes as well. That I like hearing stories where they where they have these good relationships. 
That's why oh, that's I delib- cool. deliberately wrote it down so that I could tell you. Oh, thank you. That's the second nice thing you've done for me this episode, Lee. Wow, it's such a change to every other one. I haven't, yeah, I haven't told him that we're, we're ending the podcast after this episode. I mean, no, 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 definitely not. I'm having having way too much fun for that. Oh, well, we should should we go on to uh, the man who is to become the next Dread Pirate Roberts after this movie yeah, ended? Let's the marvelous Inigo Montoya. Mandy oh. Patinkin. Mm-hmm. Mandy Patinkin. He's so great. Yeah, I want his hair. I used to have long hair. I want his hair back. I oh, shaved. Your long Look. hair. I yes, shaved. you did. Trimmed the so, beard for I'm, for today. I, I want to have a bit of a. I want to grab a foil and pretend like I can fence and pretend to be a Spaniard out in my garage and have a, like a a Star Wars lightsaber moment, but with amazing sword play techniques, and then switch to my right hand. And yeah. Such a. I think I just did he is. He is by far and away the coolest character in the mm. entire film. Just everything that he says and does is just just oozes coolness um and calmness uh and 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 again and we're going to talk about the writing in a little bit but just a little bit on on inigo is that everything that he does and who he is you don't like you don't learn about him through exposition you learn about him through his actions um and him telling the story rather than rather than other people jumping in and being like oh you know i I hired you because you're you're loyal and because you've got mm. good values and things like that. But no, you don't do that. You you have him standing over the top of the cliff and offering to to lower the rope uh, when the Dread Pirate Roberts is climbing up. And then when he gets there and goes to draw his sword, he goes, "No, no, catch your breath, wait." Like you, you learn so much about this character in that tiny little moment. Um, and yeah, so testament to the script. And again. To the performance, I mean, he is just, he's marvellous. And when he finally gets revenge, because uh, his entire arc is set upon uh, by him wanting to get revenge for the death of his father by finding yeah. the six-fingered man. Uh, it's just, uh, it's it's such a nice resolution for his character when uh, when he finally gets that. Spoilers. Finally gets it. And then, because I was wondering, like, what's he going to do now? And it was totally, I totally didn't even expect it. When he's like, you know what, have you ever considered going into piracy? I'm like, oh, of course, of course. What else has he got to live for now? But he, you're right. He made it dead clear right at the beginning. He swore an oath to help him up. He swore an oath to help Wesley up the cliff by swearing on his father's grave yeah. um, or on the, on the name of his father. And um, the story comes directly after, you know, what's his purpose in life? And he's not there. He doesn't hold malice to anyone. He's not a murderer, but he's yep. in the business of revenge. Um, and as a true fencing um, um, student, student of the arts, he 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 loves it for the for the classic art that it is. He yeah. respects it. He respects someone else who also can fence, and he has this respect and and delight with seeing oh. the skill he has anyway, so much joy yeah no there's so much joy on his face in that yeah. moment where he's like ah oh, you're a better fighter than i am yeah like, then why are you smiling because no, i know something that you don't yes oh. let's do that later let's do that later but so the, good the, you're um, right the character is straight out there it's on the sleeve yeah. um and he's so nice to everyone that he comes across he's just so um, is it discerning? He's really humble um, and and very giving, and 
and empathetic to, to everyone. He's, yeah. he's so nice. I wouldn't say he's too humble. I mean, well, he does when, when he's climbing up the cliff, he does say, I'm going to do him with my You're left right. hand because it'll be more of a fight. It's like, he, I don't think yeah. he's that humble. Well, um, no, I'm thinking more he, in the other areas. He, he knows how skilled he is. Yeah, yeah. And I guess if you're going, you're about to go head to head, whereas your life or theirs, you're going to have to have yeah. some sort of confidence about yourself. No, I'm talking more with the, um, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said humble. Yeah, he's not really, is he? He's a good guy. He boasts a lot. He's a good guy. And yeah, I really he love- Yeah, just like totally not um, humble. I really love, and we're going to use the segue again because it's just too good. I really love his relationship with Fezzik. Um, yeah. Fezzik is such a, such and a Andre nice the character as well. And, and you could not imagine anyone other than Andre the Giant portraying this character. I know I've I looked up a few people who were considered for the role of this one. Um, some names of mm. note were Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, was considered yeah, it wasn't um, years like years before the movie got made. I think in the seventies it was optioned to be made, um, and then and and it didn't end up going ahead. And then by the time it was going to get made, Arnold Schwarzenegger was the biggest star in the world, and they couldn't afford oh. to get him, so that they didn't they just didn't oh. get him. Uh, another name was Liam Neeson, uh, but and and this is a quote. Apparently, Liam Neeson said. Um, but upon hearing that he was only six foot six foot four. Uh, he didn't. He didn't get the the role. Yeah. So they wanted an actual giant. Like Liam Neeson is a huge man. Is um, he? Yeah. Yeah. He's 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 really tall. Yeah. Wow. I wonder with Arnold if they got him in. I think he would have been too harsh for the role. Was is Andre the Giant? Is he French? He's French. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So he has this really soft way of speaking. Oh. His accent is you know he's such a gentle thick, giant, thick accent. But yeah, he does portray this gentle giant, which actually works so well with the role. I don't Marvelous. think Arnold's really sharp Austrian accent that he would have had back then yeah. would have done much for this role at all. Although the Austrian accent has got a bad rap because of, Ar- <laughs> because of Arnold mainly. But it can be quite gentle. It's not as harsh as some of the German accents. But uh, yeah, anyway, I know what I'm talking about. I'm sure we'll get to do some Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonations at some point in the movie calendar because there will definitely be a couple or at least one Arnie film that will appear on the on the calendar. So that'll be a fun Great. day whenever that happens. So look Great. look forward to that, everybody. We're going to be all running to the chopper. Yeah, but no, I love... Oh, don't. I love Fezzik. Um, he's just... I think a lot of, a lot of Fezzik is Andre... Um, I think that they're, and maybe maybe it's not. Maybe he's a completely different person than the way he is portrayed on screen, which is just a testament to how good of a performer he actually is. But um, again, through the research that I did, um, when in an interview he was asked uh, what was his favorite thing about being in The Princess Bride, and without missing a beat, didn't even pause. Um, the quote was, "I didn't write it down, but I, I might be paraphrasing here." But he said, um, "Nobody looked at me," which was like. The, the interviewer mm. kind of saw it as nobody stared at him like he was an equal yeah. in everybody's eyes yeah. um, he was he was just treated equally just like a regular person rather than people kind of staring at him for you know being the the actual giant that he is uh, which is just it's such a wholesome thing I, I love the fact that there was such an inclusive inclusivity on set uh, and just this camaraderie between the cast and crew it's always really nice to hear and um, I could be wrong there could have been some issues that happened there usually always is but yeah from everything that i've heard and read um this film was a, a dream to make and, and do for everyone well how sad is that that someone like andre the giant who is this worldwide star this this 
famous wrestler who was getting paid millions of dollars at the time for, for his fights was still affected by what people would say around him, maybe under his breath or to his face that, you know, that maybe it wasn't to the point of bullying, uh, but you could, you, I could totally see that there'd be a bit of mockery involved, but even his, his just his consciousness of, you know, looking different, but how, you know, how strong, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I know what I'm trying to say. I don't know how to say it. Just how much it affects people. And yeah, you think someone like no Andre of... the Giant. And then you think about kids in schools and yeah. everyone walking around the street. You know, anyone around you, what, what, what people succumb to and what people are subjected to in the world we're in is, is really horrible. It hasn't really yeah. changed much, um, unfortunately. But it's, it's really nice when there's a place, when it's safe and you feel like you belong. I think yeah. that's super important. It's really nice. Yeah. I mean, I've I've never known what it's been like to to be, you know, different, for lack of a better word. You know, I've grown up who I am. I'm a, you know, straight white man. So there's there's no kind of persecution that I've had in my life. So I, it's mm. very hard for me to put myself in shoes of someone like that. So yeah, the best that I can do and the best that we can all do is just be kind to each other because um, you never know how far a nice comment and a smile can can go for a lot of people. Yeah, nice, nicely put, nicely put. Well, that's nice um, knowing that about uh, about Andre, and he definitely yes. showed some incredible. Um, I don't know, not showed. He he gained maybe a new following because I don't know if people who watched this film would necessarily have been into uh, the wrestling that he was part of. That he was <laughs> yeah, pretty you're much probably right <laughs> in, you know. So yeah. it was pretty cool, nice side of him. Uh, yeah, it's really nice see. and. Now they were they were brought together by their boss, played by the wonderful Wallace Shawn, uh, uh, Vicini. Vicini, I like how you're doing this, Lee. You're, you're drawing these connection lines through everything. Nice, Vicini. I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to be more courteous of time because I know the episodes yeah, are very yeah. long. So thank you everyone who has kind of stuck with us um, for the for the way through. Um, you can see the how long the episode is already. Um, it's going to be full of great content. Stick with it; it's going to be awesome. But no, so Vicini <laughs> has already been good. Uh, Vicini is hilarious i love his character um i think it's just like that that sort of sicilian vibe that he's <laughs> that he gives off and you know never never get into a battle with a sicilian when death is on the line is just one of the best quotes i don't have that one written down later so i thought i'd throw it in here yeah and he puts i didn't write it down either but he leads that line up with you know the biggest never start a land war um i, I can't in asia yeah it's <laughs> not land war in asia yeah. And never. And then just under never. that, <laughs> yeah. most, the most well-known facts in the world is you never start a land war in Asia and you never battle a Sicilian when death is on the line. Oh, it's so good. He's another butcher humble character, part. right? He, no, no, very much character. not. No, I love that he's, he's this great mind. And so it sets up our protagonist ah. so well having to, um, you know, he goes through a battle of, of skill with the sword and then a battle of strength against the giant and then a battle of wits against the intellect mm -hmm. uh, is just... It's so nice, these little challenges. I'm sure that there's kind of some kind of a, a historical event or, or, or some form of and literature relevance. that wasn't this yeah. year that had to do with, I don't know, the, the Greek gods or something or other that all of these stories are based off anyway. Uh, I don't know what it is this week. I didn't, didn't get a chance to dive into that kind of research, but I wouldn't be surprised to find out if there is some kind of challenge that humans have gone through with battling gods uh, that was to this effect. But if not, it's in The Princess Bride, which is just as good. <laughs>
Well, he does mention some um, some learned people, and again in another quote: Plato, yes. Aristotle, Socrates, Socrates. morons. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, very humble. I really like the fact that he's killed by his own hubris as well. <laughs> yeah, that's good. My daughter loved that bit. I don't know why. I watched it with my daughter. She's 10. She thought that yep. was hilarious. Yep. I think yeah. she did anyway. All right. Yeah, she did. Uh, she loved I, that. <laughs> I really enjoy that that moment where he, where the, the uh, Iocane comes in and the odorless um, poison and colorless and dissolves oh. instantly poison. Um, and yeah, he, they both ingest it. And then at the end where he's like, I didn't drink the wrong glass. I've just been building an intolerance to it over the yeah, years. And yeah. like, it's just, that's such a clever moment. And I love it. I love the that writing. It's so marvelous. good. And also the yeah. beautiful Aussie reference in there. Why not? Yeah, that, that is, yeah. <laughs> it's just like that, isn't it? <laughs> We're renowned know for, about po- for being criminals and poisons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All our animals are deadly, but also little powders that can kill people come out of yeah. this country as if well. If you're watching apparently. or listening... Watching or listening internationally, it's all true. We're all criminals and there's just nothing but poison and deadness in our in our country. Mm-hmm. Google Iocane powder. Yes. And you'll see exactly <laughs> where it's from. You know what it is. We, we put it in our tea. Yeah. We just we think this is just water straight. Yeah, no. Full of... <laughs> it's good stuff. Puts hairs on the chest. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I was um, being fed it in my crib. It's like the little little touches like that are so good um, and really help to develop this world that we're introduced to. Um, so we'll jump straight into the world building because there's oh, some amazing things l- that let's oh. let's do the world building. But I have to say on the Iocane powder, just a nice little bit that I've never really thought of when it happened. When Humperdinck Humperdinck comes and tracks, and he sniffs the the tube and he Iocane powder. It's odorless. I bet my life on it. <laughs> well, then have a have a sip, have a have a taste. Oh, I love it. I love that. Another another call to the the fantasy of the world that you're reminded that okay, it's just a little book. And you, there was a great duel here. The the yeah. winner ran off. You He's know, so it, I love all that. All right, yeah, yeah. Look, lots more characters, but I think we'll we'll touch on them as we go, including Which Billy are, yeah. Crystal, yes, uh, and Carol Kane. I keep forgetting yep. Carol Kane's surname. Yeah, so we'll we'll touch on those. All right, let's keep going. What did you say? World That's building. Right. Thank you for injecting on my amazing segue into world building. I don't have another Sorry. one now. Just we we'll have to intercut it back into here. You, no, you're not allowed. You um, were on too much of a roll. But yeah, no, they they do. They have the ability to sort of get away with so much with how they've set up the film and and again, the structure of having it being a story told to a child um, allows you to kind of really, really dive into the fantasy elements of the movie. Um, So all of the things that get introduced, the first kind of one that's a left turn that kind of takes it out of a reality and into, into into fantasy and fiction is the shrieking eels scene. Where she, mm-hmm. uh, where Buttercup jumps into the water, and the, it's the shrieking eels, and they only screech louder when they're about to feed on human flesh. And you're like, oh, this is this is going into a different route, but yeah, it sets you up for there's so many things like the the cliffs of insanity and uh, the fire swamp, the six fingered man, uh, and the Rous's, mm-hmm. and of course then the the Iocane powder. Uh, there's so many nice little little elements that uh, okay, this is its own world. Like this isn't yeah. set in. Europe as much as it you know it 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 looks like it's taken straight out of a you know some kind of non-fiction uh part of you know 17th century Europe but yeah it's a it's a fake it's an entirely fantasy land and and it's so well realized uh, and has its own laws and and creatures and it's it's a lot of fun 
and the king and the you know miracle max this is that this is a time and a place of witches as well and warlocks yep. and magic um giants you're, you're right yeah yeah and superhuman strength the, yeah, the, the dread there's a dread pirate roberts that's been uh, operating for years and years and we find out that it's just been it's a mantle that's passed down uh, from you know person to person which is just really cool that's such a cool idea in itself yeah that could that sounds like it could nearly be a, a, a full franchise you know why not well i don't i don't know if if this is in the novel or, not, or when it was made or if it predates this or this came after but that's i'm, I'm not sure if you know the story of the comic character the phantom Oh, I know who That's, the Phantom yeah, is. You know of yeah. the Phantom. I don't know the Phantom all too well. My older brother is like a huge Phantom fanatic, so yeah. Shout out to to Brett, um, who kind of uh, tried to get me into the into the Phantom uh, Phantom world. I have I have a couple of Phantom comics. I've never I've never read them. They're more just there to to have on the shelf, um, <laughs> just yeah, to appease him. The Phantom legacy has been sort of passed down from Phantom to Phantom. It's usually I think oh. father to son or okay. Um, yeah, at least there is a there is a sequel to this film that was supposed to be in the works uh, called oh. Buttercup's Baby, and uh, apparently the script is phenomenal. I think we're a little bit past getting it at this point, which is unfortunate. But uh, apparently, oh. it would have been incredible, and I would have loved to have seen it. Well, if it's anything like Bridget Jones's Baby, which I hope one day we will see on the calendar, Bridget Jones's Baby. No. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think that either. <laughs> Maybe the first one, maybe Diary. <laughs> I do love Bridget Jones's Diary. I can, I can take it or leave it. I could take it or leave it. I love a good rom-com. <laughs> it's not my favourite. I was totally joking about the baby one. Okay. Because I didn't, I didn't really take a great shining to it. Sorry to any Bridget Jones Diary people. Maybe the Diary will make a, an appearance. Let's move on. This is. We'll see. There's definitely going to be some rom-coms on the calendar. <laughs> yes. And soon. We're going to put some on soon, I promise. Yep. Um, but no, do you have anything about the world, like the world that this movie set? Oh, look, I just, you know, touching on it before with the um, with the directing, uh, with the with the, the DOP's work and, and bringing it to life, I think utilising the real landscapes, which I think were somewhere in the UK or Ireland or something, yeah. you know, these really nice landscapes with the rolling hills which we see in a lot of those kind of medieval style films i think that's a place of choice it's largely untouched in the in the highlands and all that kind of stuff so you know i like how they did that and mixed it with those totally fantasy areas the the what is, what is the cliff cliffs cliffs of insanity, insanity you know and then the the pit of despair as well you know making this yes. dungeon uh and then also you know talking about the type of technology that's around in those days you know where the the torture the torturing machine the machine is all run by this water mill uh, water mill what do you call it water thing yeah water, a water mean. wheel people know what you mean a water wheel yeah um is is pretty great and it's all with suction you know that's the that's the height of technology then there's no yeah. electricity it <laughs> sucks the life out it's of it's just suction you know so you know the the costumes as well costumes are brilliant with the the regal stuff the crowns are pretty cool i like the yeah, the, the costumes crowns. are incredible they, they go outwards uh that's another one that uh hugh jackman does in their little skit I portrayals. Saw that one. and yeah. he wears a like a, a steamer 
on his head an upside down bamboo steamer tray that's funny yeah. anyway whatever, like you, whatever you've got at home at this point <laughs> yeah people are staying and in, staying inside and and doing doing the right thing yeah it was nice so the, the physical world i think was done very well and it it just it doesn't take much to sell me on those kinds of things because you know it's it's all fantasy it's it's magic yeah. uh as long as the i think the costumes do do the the extra sell of making me believe that we're there um they they do it they do a beautiful job of it. The The music plays a really good part. And, you know, the um, the, the way the characters are... The, we're all waiting now. The characters are what, Terrence? The way the characters are so on their own path. None of them... I don't know. They all stay true to their own beliefs and their own uh, They're all well-developed. Yeah, the the characteristics are, are there. They're strong. No one ever sways. Um, that's that that helps keep the structure throughout the whole thing. Yeah, no, it's 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 incredibly well done. A good shout out as well to the director of photography and um, and to the the score as well. The music is just is beautiful, and it all all comes together to create this cohesive world. Mm. Um, Did you, you notice when when um, whenever there's Buttercup and Wesley in a scene, there's always that that Mark Knopfler guitar playing. Do, 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 I didn't do, notice do, that. And then when the prince or anyone regal comes in, the triumphant trumpets, do, 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 they always... And it was what like a very nice, not subtle at all. Uh, you almost think, come on, let's do this. This will be funny. You could imagine Rob Reiner sitting behind the editor going, come on, put the trumpets in there again. Just really harsh change between the scenes. That, I thought that was a bit of fun. Yeah, but it all it all comes together in the in the incredible script by uh, William Goldman. Mm. Um, such an incredible writer, and this this script is one of his best, in in my opinion. Uh, he he also wrote the book. It's so nice to see um, writers uh, who wrote, who write novels come in and then adapt for the screen because yeah. a lot of the times it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really nice to see here. Normally, a, a production company will just purchase the options for the filmmaking rights to a novel and then just hire their own writers to adapt it um, after that fact. But yeah, it's always really nice. I think um, it can always work out better having the novel writers do it. Some Sometimes they can get a little bit of, oh, no, this is my creation. I don't want to change anything. Um, but this, uh, this adaptation is just absolutely gorgeous. Um, again, the characters are just so perfectly well-realized. Um, mm. And again, that, that structure which I mentioned right at the beginning of just of having the grandfather telling this story to his sick grandson um, just allows for, for so many amazing moments where the voiceover comes, the narration comes over from either, either the kid or the grandfather. Uh, and then they cut back to them and, and, uh, and you see them getting more and more invested and, uh, and enjoying the story and, and, Oh no, it's not another kissing part. Skip this. Let's go into the, to the, to the, uh, fire swamp that sounds cool all right all right i'll i'll humor you and we'll skip to that bit did he also write the did he help write the screenplay as well because you're yes. right to bring those characters from the book to the screen and have the original writer be a massive part of that is a huge nod to the to the um the strength of him in being able to do that 
But he's not a stranger to film, right? So he's he's written um, yeah, other so, films as well. Yeah, so the the largest ones, I guess, uh, of note would be All the President's Men uh, and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. He wrote uh, he wrote those films. So he knows what he's doing. He, yeah, he's been in the game a long time. He, uh, he unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago uh, in 2018, lived a good life. Uh, he was 87 years old when he passed. Um, but yeah, so it's really nice that we've got this legacy film of his uh, to enjoy and watch every year on a date to be uh, determined. Ooh, I wonder if this uh, is going to be... A f- like, if you were to ask him, what film would you be most proud of or what do you think you're going to be remembered for? I wonder if this would be his film. Um, I, I just saw a little interview with uh, Carrie Elwes and, and he said, you know, he said the decision's made for me. It's The fans have probably already said it's going to be The Princess Bride. You know, uh, he did, I think they really tried to not reprise his role, but reprise his talent for comedy as well with Robin Hood. Um, but definitely this film, and it wouldn't surprise me if nearly every actor that was in this film would say, you know what, this is going to be it's the one, one that I want to be remembered for. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of that. Um, very much Mandy Patinkin. Um, mm. And when we were talking about the charity event that's just recently happened where a bunch of just actors all around the world... Um, jumped in and, and had a go at a few scenes and then sort of put them together, all filmed on their phones from home. Um, one was done by Rob Rayner himself, the director. Yes. Well, he plays uh, the grandfather. He plays the grandfather telling yeah. the story. And it's just, it's so sweet. And then he had his father um, portraying yes. as he as he walked out and did the, the very final um, As, as you, you Wish. wish. As he walked out the door, and it's just so one. sweet. Like I almost cried just looking at that. It was just so gorgeous. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a softy when it comes to to films at the best of times. But um, no, I've I've shed a few tears in the last week with this, uh, with this film. Oh, it took me a while to realize, like many years, to realize that Rob Reiner was Carl Reiner's son. I, never, I didn't even click until makes sense, quite right? recently, actually. Well, it kind of makes sense, you know, in the family type of way. But it's really nice, and to see them come together in this little thing is really cool too. Yeah, it was really sweet. Seek out that clip as well; it's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. I love yep. the. I love all the dialogue in the movie as well. Like it's just, it's so sharp and so witty. I mean, yes. as we mentioned earlier, we're going to do some quotes uh, very soon, so feel free to skip to there, but don't because you'll go past what about when, and you'll definitely want to stay for that one because that's it's one of the best parts. I love it. Um, but yeah, the the characters again, just so well realized and and so funny, and not having it very exposition heavy, having the characters kind of show who they are in their actions and what they do. Oh, and mm-hmm. if there is an exposition piece, them following up on it as well. Like you can you can have a character say, "My one goal in life is to hunt down the person who killed my father." But unless you believe it and then are invested in it by the time you get there, there's no point in saying it. So yeah, having the performance behind it uh, makes. Uh, for for so much and so yeah it's a it's a beautiful combination of just writing and characters and um and acting it's it's marvelous i would have liked to have seen more of the he's credited as the albino the in the pit of despair i wanted to i I wanted to see more of his character i I thought it was hilarious yeah he's got Uh, a great introduction as well where he's he's got that voice he can't he can't speak you're in the pit of despair. Don't even, uh, uh, don't even think about trying to escape. And he's got this really cool, like, deep, almost 
almost velvety tone as well. I mean, this, this, as velvety and as smooth as a really harsh English accent could be. <laughs> um, but it was it was very cool. I liked the the depth of it. They would have loved. They would have loved doing that. And you know what? Those moments were. Those are moments where I. I can't help but think. I wonder if they just ad libbed that. But um, who, who either knows? credit I, I either goes to the actor or credit goes to the writer. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Someone gets credit for for thinking about that, and it's it's masterstroke. Those little little hints of comedy that just they just write themselves. Yeah, haven't haven't spoken too much about the comedy in the film it is just rife with humor mm. this like we talked about how infinitely quotable it is and we'll get to those soon i've got so many comedy quotes in in that section ready to go but yeah it's just so funny but it's also you're so invested in the stories as well like you really want buttercup and wesley to come together because they they love each other so deeply and so fiercely that not even death can stop them from being together and they don't just say it like you you believe it they literally have him come back from the dead to be so that they can be together. It was so frustrating, and I'm so glad that they that they solved this very quickly. The first time that Buttercup actually sees Wesley Wesley up close is just after Vicini gets poisoned. Right, he takes the blindfold off, and you're there as an audience member going, oh, "She's going to recognise him." No. And it's not, they run away and you think, come on, surely she would know. Surely, surely. I'm so glad they didn't drag that out. And that, again, adds to the fantasy. You know, he's wearing a mask. Ooh, you can't tell who he is. But they, they resolve that so quickly and so satisfyingly with, you know, as you, as you wish, falling down the hill. You know, and it took that for her to realise who he was. I thought, you know, that's, that's one of those funnies where you think you know what of course it's just silly how could she not know who he is <laughs> the way yeah. he talks if he's the love of your life you're going to recognize the way he breathes yeah. let alone he never, everything he, did, he, he never spoke to her in the when they were on the farm all he ever said to yeah. her was as you wish no they spoke to each other in yeah. the last scene he explained things and i'm sure there were other moments that were not captured in the storybook <laughs> probably that allowed them to talk in the children's book, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine so. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that was in this. I mean, she, they have a baby, right? Or at least she has. A, anyway, so uh, I like that they gave the audience, the real audience watching the film, yeah. uh, very quick satisfaction in she knows who he is. I, I do really like that together. scene. Um, I do really like that scene because it, it kind of, he's trying to figure out if she still loves him before yeah. she takes him before she takes her away from her to be husband yeah um which again is such a noble thing to do like he's not just trying to do it to figure out oh i only want to be with her if she loves me he i my understanding is he doesn't want to take her away from a loving relationship as much as they're destined to be together forever he needs to find out whether she still has that burning love and again in mm. an, an amazing piece of performance by robin wright where he mocks her and he's like, she's like, you mocked me once. Do mm. not do it again. I died that day. Oh, when, just so When she powerful. found out that the, the Dread Pirate Roberts had killed, killed her Wesley. And it's just, it rips your heart out. Like she is, she mm. is, she is still mourning years and years after. Uh, and so, yeah, it's in, it's in that moment that I think he's like, okay, I can, I can tell her now. Yeah. Well, that was it. He was just taunting her. He wanted to hear from her. Is she actually in love with this guy or not? That was, yep. that was it was good. It was yeah, good. It's gorgeous. Like too. All right. Well, unless you've got anything else True to love. talk about the writing, 
uh, we should get into the world famous section. Um, so we've got quotes to do after this as well, so that'll take up a bit of time. I'm just thinking other notables. Um, Peter Cook, the clergyman. Yeah, let's let's talk just very quickly. He's he's um, he's in as the, the the impressive, impressive clergyman. Yes, yeah. which you know when we when we spoke about um, uh, hunt for the wilder people, and Taika Waititi took the role of being the minister. You know this this comical person in this role of of uh, utter you know a time of respect and seriousness. You know um, this impressive clergyman Peter Cook just totally blasts this out of the water with his with this clergyman who has this speech impairment impediment. I can't believe I actually <laughs> I said that. I can't believe you tripped on that word. <laughs> oh, that was the most perfect word for you to trip oh. on. I'm so sorry. And we're not oh making fun God. of anybody who has speech impediments. <laughs> that was just, that was too good. But what's funny about it is my wife, when she was watching it, she goes, oh, my sister got, got married to someone who spoke just like that. <laughs> just oh, like no. that. And it was just, it had an extra layer for me. So, you know, and, and in the life of Brian, there's another instance of yeah. that, or at least Brian, you know, that. It's, so, it's funny that these kind of characters often get, well, let's let's talk about this in Aussie way, get the piss taken out of them pretty severely. Yeah, um, it's it's not it's actually not a not an okay thing to be to be it's honest. It's not. It's not, yeah. but it's always this kind of character as well. You know, it's just this once off and it's a horrible way of just totally teasing people. But I just Yeah, it's not not cool. This this was at, at my sister-in-law's wedding and it was I don't know what everyone did. I wasn't there. But I don't know if people were giggling. I don't know if it made things awkward. I've no idea. If they even met the person who married them before, I don't know. But anyway, I, I have to admit when delivery. that scene when that scene started in the church, um, and we were introduced to the impressive clergyman, which that's I think it's one of my favourite jokes in the film. It's just that visual one at the end where they're going through the cast and who they play, and then they've got the actor's <laughs> name, and then the impressive clergyman was just was so marvellous. Had a little giggle for myself, but I in that church I was like, oh this. This kind of, I was like, this scene reminds me of another film. And I couldn't think of it at the time as to what it was. And then the, the scene kicked on and then he starts off with that um, Mao Edge. Mm. And I went, oh, it's this film that does that. I thought that the film that I was thinking of was something like a Mel Brooks, um, like Spaceballs or something where they've got oh, a character yeah, who, yeah. who did it. And they were taking the Mickey out of this film. But no, it was this it was this film. film that was doing it, and I was like, oh, oh, I thought this film was a little bit above doing something like this, but no, nah. it was in 1987, um, which is not yeah. an excuse. No. But uh, but yeah, I I thought that moment was in a in a completely different movie, not this one, and wow. I was I was taken aback a little bit by it. That's how iconic and cult statusy this is. How long ago? This thing was made. Yeah. I know. All right. So, there we're was that. Jump. Um, oh. We're not going to talk Billy Crystal. We're going to talk Miracle Max. We've got that covered. We're going to do we're it in a sec. do it later. Let's do it. We All might right, even do jump. it in this section right here that we love to call What About When? Or hashtag What About When? So, this is where we love some uh, uh, audience contributions. Up. So, mm -hmm. if you're listening or watching 
Uh, we've got the next couple of films in the pipeline uh, ready to go. Uh, but yeah, if you hit us up on Twitter or Instagram, make sure you use the hashtag WhatAboutWhen so that we can find it or leave it in the comments below for future episodes and we can screenshot them and pop them in uh, in here. Now, I've got one from Twitter this week and Terence has got a very extra special one. Um, mm-hmm. Would you like to do your what about when first? Okay, I will. We have we have all the socials and all the comments that Lee mentioned. And also on our website, we have a comment field so you can send us something that you want to write a little bit of a little bit more than just in a tweet uh, it's a great place if you've got suggestions for when the movie calendar date should uh, should be for the film so you know a bit longer now i have one here that uh, is very special to me because it was actually from my daughter so she sent this in she went onto our website and she submitted this and she was so proud she told me and i just had to I, had, I didn't realize, so I checked it and read it. So I'm going to read it out in its entirety. In its entirety. This is so cute. So uh, she wrote, What about when Buttercup pushes Wesley, Wesley down the hill and he says, As you wish, then Buttercup pushes herself down the hill too. So that's one <laughs> what about when. She loved that. She told me her favorite moment was when Buttercup realized that uh, the Dread Pirate Robert was actually Wesley. So, I, yeah. I felt beautiful. I, I love- a good good job as a dad. Um, I love that she says that she pushed herself down the hill. She pushed herself down the hill. <laughs> so cute. So, that was that was one of them. And she, when she tells me, she goes, oh, 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 and she, she mimes the, the tumbling. But she continues. She has a couple. And she says, um, <laughs> she keeps going and says, in the last fighting scene... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You can do this, Terrence. You can again. do this. In the last fighting scene, when what's-his-name keeps saying, I am blah, 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 you killed my father, prepared to die, and he got more confident and the six-figured man got weaker. <laughs> Bravo. Now, Round of applause for Terrence's daughter. at you, oh. my beautiful little girl. I think so it was adorable. hilarious how you wrote it. <laughs> Lee actually saw this first and, and I got the email. Oh, and I said to him, Oh, apparently my daughter emailed you and he goes, Yeah, and says a lot of blah blah blah. And I thought, What on earth? I said, Oh, she writes like she talks. Okay, good. But she I actually love that wrote- she, I love that she wrote when what's his name? <laughs> and my name is blah oh, blah blah. Yeah. That is, that is so adorable. Thank you so much to her for that. Um, that that genuinely made my day when I when I read that. Um, yeah, that was good. Two uh, great what about wins. Uh, great what about wins. Yeah, um, marvelous. Uh, well, yeah. we've actually got a, a what about when from Twitter. Okay, uh, which I'll read out from JJ. Uh, so this is hashtag what about when Granddad drops the as you wish uh, at the end, and you can pinpoint the exact moment that the kid's mind implodes. Uh, that is such a sweet sweet little bookend to the mm. movie as granddad is you know leaving after finishing the story and and uh the kid asks uh can you come back tomorrow and read it again as you wish and with a great turn and like he lifts oh. his hat a little bit it's just classic. peter fork man he's amazing classic colombo i don't know why yep. i talk like that but yes it was it was really good and it's really good close up of it yeah. Very cool. Gorgeous. Gorgeous moment. Um, yeah, as I said, great way to bookend the in the film. Now, I've yeah. got a couple more What About Wens. Did you have any yes. that you wanted to do? I do. I do. I have one from... Actually, this is from a friend at work who didn't text or anything. Uh, I won't name her, but 
if she watches this, she will know who she is. Um, there are a couple, and they're more just her favorite favorite moments. She loves cool. with the scene where Wesley is brought to Miracle Max's house, and he he blows the billows into his lungs, and they listen for the reply, and he says true love, but. He doesn't want to believe that that he said that. I'm guessing because he's going to have to do a lot of work or something. I don't know. So he's yep. like, to blathe, to blathe, <laughs> to blathe, which bluff. we all mean. It's to bluff. He must have been playing cards or something. And then Carol Kane's character the comes running out. out. Liar, liar. Uh, she loves that scene. That's hilarious. That was one that got me as well. I thought, oh, there's a woman in here as well, screaming bloody murder. I thought that was that was great I, as well. I did I did read that during the the entire filming of the scenes that had Billy Crystal in them, um, the director couldn't be on set um, because he was laughing too hard. He couldn't direct. <laughs> he had to be in a separate separate area. Um, and Mandy Patinkin, Mandy Patinkin actually received like injuries to his ribs because he was laughing so hard at Billy Crystal, which is, I mean, he, he was a true comedian, Billy Crystal. Go back and watch some of his old stuff. He is, he is incredibly funny. Um, he would have just been, performer. I reckon every line would have been different. Every single take, he would yep. have just gone, boom, another one, another one, another one, another Edi- one. Editing that scene would have been a nightmare. Oh, man. All right. There are a couple of quotes coming up about that scene. Yeah. All right. No, that's a good cool. one. Um, I've got, uh, I've already talked about the Battle of Wits against Vicini a little bit. So, I'll cross that one out. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. What about uh, Inigo? What about when Inigo and the Dread Pirate Roberts have the sword fight on top of the Cliffs of Insanity? Mm. This has got to be one of... It's it's the coolest set piece in the entire film, and it's yeah. one of the best set pieces in fantasy cinema. It's so cool. This yeah. whole fight is just choreographed so well, and as we said before, those actors did all of their own sword fighting, one hundred percent of it. The only times that there wasn't those two actors was when it was Mandy Patinkin doing the flip over, uh, yeah, Inigo Montoya doing the flip over Dread Pirate Roberts. Car- no, Carrie Elwes did that flip. No. Oh, no, always over the top backwards and then yeah oh what about with over the they they jump off the rocks onto this horizontal bar and and Mandy Patinkin jumps oh. and swings and lands yeah, and then lands but then Wesley's character does throws the, the sword show, does the showboating like throws the for that dream pirate yeah I don't know if that yeah. was Carrie but that how was cool Carrie how cool he lands right next to the sword doesn't even look Yep, and boom. So badass. Uh, I've got to say, that scene has got to be my my all-time favorite sword fighting style scene. And I've watched all Game of Thrones and I've seen a few Star Wars films as well. And like, they're, they're amazingly choreographed. But that one just takes the cake. It's, it's the perfect amount of time. Uh, they don't edit stupidly and cut, 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 and do close yep. cuts of the swords bashing and all. It's they just, let you see them. They do everything wide. You know, they, they, sure, there are a couple of trampolines on the set and there is a crash mat with some sand dusted over it that you see. <laughs> so great. From. I don't just, care. It just adds to the, 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 yeah, oh, the little, the little just, nuances and fun bits. Just so well done. And, and it has to be, it, it actually is up there in one of my favorite scenes of all time, of every scene in a film. I could watch that again and again and again and again. 
Yeah. I've, got, I've got a fun fact about this scene that I found out, and it was yeah. the original scene was only supposed to be a, a minute long. The fight was supposed to be a minute, and it was going to be on flat ground. And so they trained for months, about three months or so, the actors performing a minute-long fight scene uh, on flat ground. And then the director came back and said, and, and they were super proud of it as well. The actors came back and they're like, we've nailed this. This is going to be amazing. He's going to be so impressed. And then he was like, it's, it's not long enough. It needs to make it, make it longer. And so the, the fight choreographer, whose name I don't have in front of me, but he's a very prolific fight choreographer and he's done a lot of films. Um, I think he has done Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and a few others as well. Uh, he then they then made the set with full of all of these fake rocks and mm. uh, and so they could sort of run up and pause and do flips and things uh, to kind of extend the time, making the the whole three minute plus scene uh, of them. And it's just so much the better for it. Like it's one of your mm. favorite scenes. It's one of mine. It's just it's yeah. so marvelous. And you learn about the characters and you know what they're like, who they are, their their egos. Um, and as well as their skill levels with each other, and yeah, it's it's marvelous. Oh. All culminating as well in 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 Inigo essentially about to be defeated. And he's like, I couldn't, I couldn't kill you. I'd rather break a stained glass window, oh. as, as rather than an artist such as yourself. Just the whole setup to that scene, this 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 amicable respect that they have, you know. And he gives the sword to yeah. Wesley to examine, and even he's like, like I've never seen what? its equal. Oh, just, I just, you know, the way they sit, they're just sitting Respect. having a chat. Like immediately I thought, like the first time watching this, I, I was, I've, I wasn't a child, but I think it was in the nineties and yes, um, I was not a child in the nineties. No, I was, it was late nineties. Anyway, <laughs> early nineties, what am I doing? And I even knew then like, this is different. There's something cool about this and the humor shone through it. Um, <gasps> as well as the, the nice moments there. But this, this has to lead me into my next What About When. Okay. And it happens in the fight scene. And it happens two times. And it is one of the quotes, but it is definitely one of my biggest What About Whens. And it, it, I can't think of the actual quote, but you know, I know something you don't know. I'm not left-handed. Oh, man. And, and when- the, the switch is so smooth. Uh, he, he does it in this kind of roundabout roundabout way and then of course when Wesley's character does it as well oh, just think you just think it can't get any <laughs> it just I think was what's next level. really what's really tremendous about that is that the Dread Pirate Roberts knows that Inigo Montoya is right handed because he's got his sheath for his sword is on his left hand is on his left hip he also gestures a lot with his right hand um, mm, yeah uh, but what Dread Pirate Roberts does is he's completely for the ruse that he's left-handed. So he carries his sword sheath on the right hip. Wow. He also empties his boot with his right hand. Ooh. Uh, uh, sorry, with his with his left hand. Um, and so, yeah, he is 100% doing the ruse until the time where he has to go right-handed to defeat Inigo. And like that, oh, it's so clever. Like there's so many good attention to detail moments in this film, but that's one of my, that's one of my favorites. Oh, so good. Just starts when he's on the cliff and he has to throw the rope. Yeah. Like where the dialogue begins there, that's the start of the scene. Just just beautiful. Yep. Just amazing. I think one of my other my other favorite, and this is my last one about when my mm. um uh my my last favorite attention to detail moment will happen at this next what about when. Um and it's what about when uh Inigo Montoya finally gets revenge for his father's death by killing 
Count uh, Count Rugen. Yes, yes, that was very satisfying. Such an iconic uh, scene, especially after he's coming back from from getting it in both shoulders. Mm. Like, oh no, no! And then he's in the stomach, they're going to do it. It's it's the first time you see blood, like to that extent. Anyway, yeah, to that extent, and it, yeah. which makes it even more visceral. Like he's been stabbed in the stomach, and then this blood is just there mm. all over his hands and all over his clothes. Um, and you th- you think that he's a goner, and then yeah, he gets up and just starts quoting the iconic quote over and over and over again before before uh, finally getting his revenge. You know, beg beg for me, give me money, give me power, ask oh, me what I wow. want. I want my father, you son of a oh, bitch. Oh, yeah. That was really, that was really well written. Mm. Really well, really well written because a lot of other films would have gone into some big montage as he's flaying him or so, I don't know. <laughs> you yeah. know, it was, it was beautiful just drawing out this, this surrender, this helplessness yeah. from this evil, evil being, Christopher Guest, by the way who, you know, that's another amazing part that we didn't talk about at all, who he yeah. is and what he does, and with Rob Reiner as well. But um, I didn't think he could play such an evil character. Um, it's so good. It's and wonderful. to get so his, my- his comeuppance on this is, was really yeah. good. My attention to detail with this, with this scene is that uh, he only gives... Indigo only gives him the injuries that he's received from mm. him and nothing more he gets exact revenge he gets the cuts yeah. on his cheeks he gets both shoulders which he got in that fight and then once in the stomach which that his is, father got which is that well that's what indigo had got him oh yeah then. he yeah. got this dagger so thrown he only he only gives right. what he what he got so it's yeah uh, oh. i love that so yeah there's not there's no glorification of anything other than i'm just gonna give you what you deserve and the pain that you've caused me. Nice. Great moment. Nice little pickup. Yeah. That's all I had for, for What About Wens. Did you have any more? Um, what about when we realized that uh, this film is kind of very ahead of its time and it uses text language with uh, the uh, rodents of unusual size, uh, R-O-U-S. R-O-U-S's. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I might text that to somebody. Lol. Is that an, an, an initialism? <laughs> or is that an, a, a... It's an acronism. Acronizinism. Oh, Acronicism. God. Yeah, don't, it's, don't it's just letters. <laughs> don't do words. <laughs> don't do words. I, I don't do good words. My, ni- my, good. my niceness has, has expired now. <laughs> Thank you for playing. <laughs> yeah, look, this, this film, you know, nearly every quote is a great what about when. Yeah. So, you know, not to muddle them up. Is this where we're going to get into quote land? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all of those who identify as otherwise. Terence has just taken the Segway horse here and uh, and ran with it. Now, that's amazing. Well, now that we're in the quote section, Terence, would you like Mm -hmm. to to give us some of your favorites? All right. Can't you stop rhyming even for a minute? Anybody want a peanut? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so beautiful. Build their relationship. It's such a good character moment. No, I got that wrong. No more rhymes now. I mean it. Yeah. Anybody want a peanut? Anyone want a peanut? You can't can't do a quote section without getting the quote right. But here, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to get the quotes wrong 
and you yeah. are going to know what they are and you're going to just deal with it and go watch the and film And you're going to be so angry and you're going to be yelling at your phone or your computer <laughs> or whatever it is you're listening to us on and we can only apologize in advance. Please comment below with the correct quote. With the correct quote. Uh, I've got when they're when they're going into the fire swamp for the first time, yeah. Uh, and Buttercup says we'll never survive, and the response is just <laughs> nonsense. You're only saying that because no one has ever has. <laughs> yeah, that was what a great attitude to have. Yeah, so oh, positive. I love that. We could oh. live in this swamp forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, and what about the RUSs? No, they don't exist. I don't, I don't think they're, they're real. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. Um, oh, look, as you wish. Has got to oh. be just a timeless, beautiful, gorgeous. Great, you know, and for, for us to know that there's another meaning that this yep. actually means I love you. I like, just, all just I want so in life, to it. all I want in life is for Kerry always to just look at me in the eyes and say, as you wish. It is With so steely blues. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, a Fred Savage quote. This is... And look, Fred... Okay, I grew up with Fred Savage. I grew up with the 1D Really? Years. Yes. Did not he live down the life. street or something? He lived in my TV box. Oh, okay. And <laughs> oh, that's so cruel of you. Why would you do that to someone? He was fine. He was fine. So he children, always looked out. Children, there was a time when TVs were boxes and they weren't just these <laughs> flat pieces of plastic and metal that we have now. They were like... They took up the entire room that they were in. <laughs> he had to put them in the corner. With Fred Savage inside them. Oh, we call them cathode ray tubes, also known as CRTs. It was amazing, these lights wow. and things. So I, I grew up following the Wonder Years and getting frustrated to no end by by Kevin Arnold. That was his character. Oh, man. So I loved watching him play. I just saw Kevin Arnold in the in the bed as a sick child. Um, and the first... The first time he interrupts, I think you said, you know, the first interruption we get is the, the shrieking eels. But we get an interruption before. And it's when Wesley says goodbye to Buttercup. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he says, you know, and they embrace and they kiss. And he goes, well, hold it, hold it, hold it. Are you trying to trick me? <laughs> Where's the sports? And then he cocks his head and he goes, is this a kissing book? <laughs> oh, it's so good. And wonderfully delivered by Terrence, I might add. That was perfect. Oh, yeah, channeling was, your, your inner friend Savage. That was beautiful. And he had the That's good great. complaining lines all the way through. But you're right, as he changes, it was nice to see him, you know, get in touch with his softer side. <laughs> uh, I thought it was inconceivable that you'd be able to pull off that quote. And here we are. You've done it. Hmm. You say this word a lot. I do not think you know what this word means. I don't know <laughs> how to say that. He says it so much better. Yeah. And then the following, the following up from Inigo Montoya, I'm just going, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> yes, that's it. What you said. On the yes. cliffs of insanity. Nice little accent there. He so says good. inconceivable five times in the film I counted. Yeah. And doesn't... I think it does mean what he thinks it means. He's using it correctly. He's just overusing it, isn't he? <laughs> I know. It. There are it's definitely like, times that he is not using it correctly. Ah, <laughs> uh, it really? Okay. I don't know. I'm no linguist. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I think... Because it means like unbelievable or like in, impossible... Anyway, whatever. I love all of um, Fezzik's rhymes and how yeah. how Inigo tests him. <laughs> Walks up slowly on the boat. And he, Vicini, he can fuss. He is, <laughs> and he goes, fuss, fuss. Think he liked to scream at us. He's just, he just kind of 
I don't know. This is probably the the world's first instance of freestyling. It was really, really, you're right. It was a sweet way, again, to also tell you more about the character. Yeah, great character. And remember. It, it reminded on, me a yeah, lot of listening for the rhymes. It, it, re, it reminded me a lot of um, Hunt for the Wilder People when um, Julian Dennison's character starts just randomly going on and saying haikus. Oh uh, yeah, you're like where is this coming from? And then, but it's such a it's such a sweet sweet character moment. So yeah, I, I love it. Check out our Hunt for the Wilder People episode as well. Good one. Yeah, that was a really good one. Really fun one. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, love inconceivable. My favorite quote in the film, other than the the quote that opened this uh, mm-hmm. opened the podcast um, has to be when uh, they're about to break into the castle and they get up to the gate uh, and uh, Inigo goes to the, the gatekeeper uh, give me give me the <laughs> gate key. key he says I have I have no key Fezzik tear his arms off oh you mean this key <laughs> I love that it's so great, right. and, and he doesn't even—he doesn't even no, wait for oh, five seconds. <laughs> oh, you mean this key? Oh, it's so fun and so perfectly delivered as well. Just that, yeah, great comic timing from that—that that moment is marvelous. That's my favorite bit I, in the whole film. I, I like that one. I love. What's a what's a Holocaust cloak? Is that a thing? Is that just I, a big jacket or something? I couldn't bring myself it, to Google it, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It seems just like a big, heavy overcoat. We're probably wrong. Yeah. Let us know if we're wrong, I guess please. So. We want to know. Um, now, there's 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 one more quote that we haven't yeah. done. And Are we going to have now, a quote off? Terence, I think oh. we should both do it because why right. not? So, give me your best one and then I'll give you my best one. All right. I have to get into character. I have to do my hair. I have to pretend that I can... I don't do a good accent. It's fine. Try it's it. fine. We're Australians. Australians can't <clears throat> do accents, so we're sorry. Right. Hello. <laughs> yes. Hello. <laughs> I can't do it. Hello. My name is Indigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> we'll, be, uh, uh, we'll be so proud. Go you. All right. Okay, here we go. Hello. <laughs> Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Yay. Oh, you okay. That was oh, fun. And then say good. it over and over again. Oh, yeah. up. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Oh, it's so good. It's He's so just got to get point. it out. You it's just up there. Get it's it up out. there as one of the greatest lines in all of cinema, in film history, uh, and will stand there forever. It's just amazing. Love oh. it. Oh, I'm so glad that we got to do a quote that. section. Yep. More yep. more movies that are infinitely quotable. There's so many films that I can think of that that are just so quotable. And when they come onto the calendar, we'll definitely do a quote section because that was a lot of mm. fun. I loved that. Yep. Now look, I don't know if we're gonna do these types of films but i really would like to see maybe one uh with christopher guest you know one of the mockumentaries that he's a part of rob reiner as well um actually there was 
anything you, in particular from those <laughs> creators that you would three, like to see on the calendar? You know, this is Spinal Tap, A Mighty Wind, um, Best in Show, those things. I really like this is Spinal Tap. In fact, this is Spinal Tap. I saw a connection between this is Spinal Tap and what's the film we're talking about now? The Princess Bride. In the bedroom, in the grandson's bedroom, I'm going to say Kevin Arnold's bedroom, there is a hat. It's like a naval hat, a baseball cap. Is this the thing that you know you're nodding in, in yeah. confidence? Okay. So this hat, I didn't research it, but I know Rob Reiner, he wears one of these hats. It's not the same one because I did put the film on straight after to see. It's not the exact same cap, but it's the navy blue one with the gold embroidery that has some sort of naval re revel relevance, I would imagine, or Air Force, I don't know. Um, but he wears it uh, as the documentary filmmaker in This Is Spinal Tap and he talks to the camera at the beginning of the film wearing one of these caps. So I saw it hanging in the bedroom. I thought, there's something there. So tell me what... I want to hear now what you what you found <laughs> out about this or what you know about it. I guess we'll just have to talk about This Is Spinal Tap to find out the answer to that one. No, no. So definitely... <laughs> Um, definitely, that is the that is the hat. I don't know if it is the exact is one, but or if okay. it's one of the hats. But yeah, so uh, it's part of as part of the conditions that he had um, to doing the score and the music for this film was he wanted the hat to be in the movie, and so Rob Reiner put it in the kids' bedroom. Are you talking about Mark Knopfler? Yes. Okay, so he had the condition of making this hat appear in the film. Yep. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> How fun is that? Wow. I. I have a confession to make here on the Movie Calendar Podcast episode 11. Are we at episode 11 already? This is the 11th. Yeah, 11, 11. 10 was Iron Man. Wow, crazy. <laughs> um, uh, I have not seen This Is Spinal Tap. <laughs> I've never Ooh. seen it. So. It might divide us. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Right. Well, I'd look, because of how much you love it, I am very happy for it to go on the Movie Calendar purely for how much you love it. And you All constantly right. talk about it. Uh, and yeah. I'm excited to watch it. Um, I don't know how I feel if I watch it and then I'm just like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. I can, we'll I can always find the positive uh, we'll in life. See. I try my best to it at every opportunity. So I'm sure I'll be able to. I'm sure I'll love it. There are a couple of films that are like that that I've really that are really close to me that Lee hasn't seen yet. I'm nervous about it. Sharknado is one of them. Um, <clears throat> no, there are a couple of others. Um, which I am, I am honestly nervous. I really hope you really like them, but we'll talk about those later on as we get I'm, through. I'm sure yeah. I will. I've heard nothing but good things from the film. I have a, I have a list of films that I have uh, on a that's called um, my blind spot list, and there's just a cinematic blind spots that I just haven't got around to seeing yet. And I like, yeah. I'm checking them off, um, but like I haven't seen every movie in existence because that's madness. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a few that have kind of fallen to the side when I've just decided to, I don't know, be just, a human. I'll, I'll watch and live a life. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just watch the same films over and over again because I, I like the comfort. So I'll just put on a Pixar film or, you know, <laughs> because I love it. Yeah. Cool. I, All don't right, think well, it's look, that, I don't think it's that inconceivable. We, we've got a lot more films that we're going to talk about, obviously. Yeah. I, I love a lot of the people that are in this film here. I, I, I think this was this is a classic. This is going to be on repeat, even if it's not on the date that we uh, we assign it to in a few minutes time or even one minute time but uh, I'm gonna keep keep watching it all the time I love it I, I watch it with my family now <laughs> I don't watch too yeah. many of our films with my kids but this one I happily can and it yeah. what a wonderful story of true love yeah and it's that's, gorgeous 
you know, it's, that's, it, it's, it's the throughout the thing. entire film. It's what begins it. It's what ends it. Yeah, it's all mm. about true love, and uh, and it's really nice to have that uh, in your life. And and if you'd like a little bit, um, then you can check out uh, the Princess Bride, which we're going to give you a date to do that now. Uh, so, the movie calendar. This is the moment. So. Uh, we've chosen a date for this film. Um, we didn't receive any contributions for this week. Uh, unfortunately, if you would like to contribute some uh, for the weeks going forward, please let us know. Send us a DM or an email with a story as to why you think a certain film should appear on a certain date. Um, we'll do our best to, to talk about that film and pop it on the calendar for you. Uh, we received a lovely email this week from Tobias, uh, who gave us a film suggestion, which, uh, Tobias, if you're watching this episode, um, yes, that film is absolutely going to be on the movie calendar. Uh, and I really like the date that you've chosen as well. So I put a placeholder on the calendar of that date uh, of that film just for you. Uh, I've responded to the email by the time he watches this, so uh, he'll know all of that anyway. Um, but so, goodness, The Princess Bride. Are you ready? Mm hmm. So the date that we have chosen for The Princess Bride to be watched every single year is November 16th. And now the reason for this date uh, is because we spoke a lot about the writing of this film and how good um, the script is and how good the novel was and the amazing work that William Goldman did um, adapting his own work into a screenplay. Um, November 16th uh, is the day we mentioned in 2018 he did pass away. Um, November 16th is the day that he did he did leave this world. Um, we thought to commemorate his life and the legacy that he has left, um, we should pop the film on that date uh, as, a, as a, a tribute to him and the wonderful work that he did to, to bring this film to us. Yeah, I'm sure every member of this film that made this film happen would probably agree with this date, hopefully. Um, I, I like this date. I think it's really uh, relevant and really sweet. And I'm very happy having it on this day too. Yeah. Yeah, cool. it's a good one. Yeah. Yay. So, yeah, mm. if you'd like to... Um, we announced last week in episode 10 the next three films that we're going to be doing. By the time this gets released, we may have even recorded the next week's episode. Um, so, yeah, follow us on the socials if you'd like to know um, when we're recording. So, yeah, on Twitter and Instagram are the best ones to follow. We always do posts... Uh, on the days that we're going to be recording. Um, so you can check it out then if you want to get in any hashtag whataboutwhens or dates for the movie calendar. Um, so yeah, next week uh, is going to be A Quiet Place, John Krasinski's, John Krasinski's A Quiet Place, which Terence hadn't seen and has just recently watched and messaged me about it. And we cannot wait to talk about it. Yep. Um, spoilers, he liked it. Thank goodness. Because <laughs> the movie's incredible. Uh, and then the week after that, because... Uh, Tenet is supposed to be released from Christopher Nolan here in Australia uh, is going to be uh, Inception we're going to do for the episode the week after A Quiet Place but again we're going to be recording it early because Terence and I are going on holidays um, so we have to record them um, and edit them and then get them ready to upload um, for then so yeah get in your, your what about when's and your calendar dates for those films yeah don't make it a painful experience for us don't write war and peace inside of 50 tweets send the email and look i'm saying that because i'm horrible um because i wanted to get another quote in <laughs> don't be painful why don't you you know give me a big paper cut and squeeze lemon juice in it yeah that's a quote that was a billy crystal quote i wanted to put that in earlier don't be painful like that okay no write as much as you want email us 
drop a line in the contact page on our site. DM us on our socials. Yes, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, The Movie Cal, everything. Yep. Awesome. No, that was really fun. Thank you, Terence, for recording this one. Thank you, everyone, for listening and watching. Um, if you've gotten this far um, and you're on YouTube, good um, on you. a good thing that you can do if you haven't done so is just is subscribe and leave a like. It helps us to get discovered uh, while we're early on in this podcasting journey. And, and tell your friends. on your favorite podcasting app, uh, you can give us a nice rate and review right in your app um, of your choosing. If you've made it this far, it's probably going to be a five-star. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and give and us, yeah, share it, give us share it with a friend. And yes, feedback. Uh, feedback is really cool. Um, we have received some amazing emails with feedback as to as to what people like. Uh, and so, yeah, we're trying to do more of that. But yeah, we can only grow with your help. So please mm-hmm. let us know. Yeah. Well, thank you, Lee. Thank you, everyone watching and listening. It was yeah. fun. Until next week, we'll see you then for A Quiet Place. See ya. Bye.